Hi, this is Relatively Asian Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Minnie, and this is episode 22 of our podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Last episode, our friend from college, Brandon, came onto the podcast to talk about his experience pivoting careers. He shared his journey graduating with a humanities major to now working as an iOS software engineer. If you're interested to see how he did it, check out that episode to hear more. This episode, my good friend David is joining us to talk about a more serious topic that I'm sure non-Christians and Christians have asked ourselves at some point. Why does God let bad things happen to good people? And how do we keep believing in him when bad things have happened? David was one of my one of the first people I met in college when I became a Christian again, and a friend who was pivotal in demonstrating God's love to me and others. David has gone through certain life experiences where he has had to ask himself those tough questions, so we wanted to kick it off with David sharing his story with us today. So well, welcome, David, to the podcast. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank How's you for being here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. David, do you want to just like do a quick intro of yourself before we dive into it? Sure. Um, hi, my name is David Wong. Um, I'm a physical therapist working in uh, Bronx, New York. I am a Christian, and yeah, I guess um, many invited me here to talk about this tough topic. Um, I wouldn't say my life is tragic, but <laughs> I've had a lot of things that can be considered tragic uh, go on in my life. Do you want me to kind of just go right yeah. into it? Well, just go ahead. Give us your testimony. Sure. Um, yeah, so I, I grew up in a Christian home. My, my dad is a pastor. Um, and so, you know, ever since, you know, my, my earliest memories, you know, were in the church. I, I went to every church activities and, you know, I knew all the information. Um, and growing up, I had, I'd gone to more funerals than I can count, um, because my dad is a pastor and he, he had officiated a lot. Um, I didn't really have that experience with tragedy uh, or like bad things happening in my life. It was like pretty steady. You know, I was like pretty insecure kid, I guess. So um, when I was 12, uh, it was kind of like a pivotal time. So, you know, I had just started um, going to a private school. I was in eighth grade and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going through all these changes with your, your mind and your body and everything. Um, so it's very pivotal. Um, but around that time, uh, it's my first month in school, September. Uh, my brother, my oldest brother, I've, I've, I'm the youngest of four. So my oldest brother, Joseph, he was 22. Um, and uh, he was taking care of us with my grandma because my, my second brother was in college. So me and my sister were still in you know middle high school. And my parents were on vacation in Hawaii on a cruise. Um, and my brother at the time, he was struggling with a lot of back pain. So he went to Philadelphia on a Sunday to see my uncle, who's a chiropractor. Um, and Monday after school, uh, we get a phone call from my second brother. And he tells us that uh, my brother passed away. So this is kind of like my first experience with tragedy. Um, is very sudden, you know, um, no one knew how he passed away until the autopsy, which showed that he had like pretty far spread cancer throughout his body. Um, yeah. So 
and my parents were away, you know, they had to like come back from their cruise and <laughs> come back and fly back in the middle of their cruise. And it's very tragic. Uh, I remember going through like a bout of depression and like my own self-worth and my faith, you know, like how could, you know, around that time I was already questioning like, is God real? Mm-hmm. Am I Christian? You know, because mm-hmm. I have these doubts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very pivotal in my faith and my life. Um, one of the major uh, events in my faith. Um, yeah. So following that, like, I think the next few months, like, it actually solidified my faith um, rather than, you know, cause it to fall apart, um, which is really awesome. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, yeah. And, you know, going on further in my life, you know, my family is kind of like riddled with like health problems and, and tragedy, I guess. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, just to give a, a short, you know, you know, list of things that have happened. Like my dad had a heart surgery, he had a brain surgery for a tumor that was found in his head. My mom had a stroke more recently. My entire family's had COVID. Uh, all my grandparents, except for one, has passed away. Um, it's a lot of tragedy in my life, but each mm-hmm. one has continued to show me at least how good and gracious God is. I guess um, just like pausing there real quick, I have a question. Um, just going back to, I guess, like the first major tragedy that had happened to you with your oldest brother passing away. Like at that point, to your memory, like, I guess, yeah, like at that point, like what was your faith like? Like who was God to you at that point? And like, how did you grapple at that point with the question of like, why me? Like, why is this happening to us? Like, dad's a pastor, like we all go to church, like type thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I mentioned around that time, I was like, you know, my parents had asked me if I wanted to join the church. And I, and I remember one night I was like, it was a couple of months before my pr- brother passed away, but he, my, I was in bed and I was just going through an existential crisis at the ripe old age of 12 years old. And um, I was, I was like, like, you at 12, so. <laughs> yeah. So like 12 years old, I was like, I was lying in bed and I, I was just crying because I was just like, yeah. oh gosh, I have these doubts in God. Like, I didn't know if he was real. I didn't know like how I could know he was real, yeah. stuff like that. Um, so I remember like bursting into my mom's, my mom and dad's room. I just like flopped onto the bed. I just like told them, I was like, how do I know? Like, God, how do I know if I'm like Christian? How do I know if I'm going to go to heaven? I was like so scared of going to hell. Um, and, you know, they kind of like reaffirmed like some of the basic tenets of like the Christian faith. And they asked me like, well, do you believe that you're a sinner? And, you know, I think deep down inside, everybody kind of knows that they've done wrong. They've they made mistakes and they made, mm-hmm. uh, you know, done bad things in their life. So I was like, yeah, um, I do believe that. And then they said, well, do you think that you can, like, correct everything on your own? Um, and at the time, I was, you know, I, I knew the right answer, but I kind of grappled, you know, mm-hmm. struggled with that. But I knew I couldn't save myself either. Otherwise, I wouldn't be crying in bed like this, right? Um, so mm-hmm. I said, yeah. And then they said, well, do you believe that, you know, Jesus is the only person that could save you um, from your own sins? And I was like, yeah, Um, it wasn't like it didn't click, you know, right away. But Mm -hmm. it was kind of like reaffirming to Mm -hmm. to know that these are the basic tenets. You know, I didn't really understand my faith until like later in college. But um, that's kind of where I was at with my faith. I was already questioning and already having these doubts Mm -hmm. um, when my brother passed away. Um, so that's why I say it was so pivotal because, you know, all these changes and these doubts and like, you know, if God, you know, 
loves me, takes, you know, wants to take care of me. Like, why would this, why would this be happening? Mm. Um, yeah. It seems like even like at 13, like at 12, a super young age, like, and with something horrible happening and like so sudden, like you were kind of able to separate your relationship with God and like your belief in God with like something bad in your life happening. Yeah. That's I mean, it was, it, it was tough. Yeah. Well, yeah. Sure. I mean, it, it was <laughs> tough. Like, I remember, like, I do remember that night that I got the phone call. My sister kind of recounts it kind of funnily, but, um, like, when I heard it, my sister was sitting next to me, and I, like, threw the phone at her. Like, I didn't even tell her what was going on. I just, like, bursted crying. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, and then I, like, ran to my room, and, I, like, I had to pray. Like, that was the first uh, instinct, because there was nothing else I could do, you know? Um, so, I think, like, in that moment, it was, like, a testament of faith, but then, like, afterwards, like, the aftermath it was really tough to yeah. like grapple with like you know him dying so how did your like i guess i'm just really shocked by your maturity level at age 12. <laughs> i think <laughs> for myself i feel like especially like as a teenager you know middle school angst and all that stuff like you're already like hating on the world when nothing's even going wrong in your life but i feel like uh -huh. you suddenly lose your brother within it like he was like healthy like three days ago right like it was just like so sudden out of nowhere right um, like, I'm just curious, like, how did your family react to it? And, like, how, like, I guess I'm just wondering, like, did you guys feel mad? Do you guys feel like, like, how could God do this to you at all? Or was it, like, an immediate just, like, oh, like, this had to have happened for a reason? Or, like, you know, surrendering that to God? It was tough. Like, my parents weren't there. Like, they, they didn't get back to, like, the weekend, maybe Friday. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was Monday, and then we had to wait all the way to Friday. My brother immediately came back from college that night and like we didn't really talk about it you know like everyone was just crying <laughs> um and so like my parents were gone it was me my brother my sister and my grandma at home and, and tons of people came to like drop by and, and bring food and um this is kind of like getting to the weeds but like my brother at the time was seeing this girl and uh like no one they were it was like a very hush hush relationship but anyway she came over with her sister and they like just like went into his room and like they were there the whole entire day they didn't even talk to us but anyway we were i was more mad at like other people's like reaction i mean i guess nobody knows how to like handle tragedy that well and when other people go through it but like i remember being mad at my dad because he was like checking in on all like my brother's friends and I felt like neglected. I was like, why isn't my dad like asking me how I'm feeling and stuff like that? And I remember like, I was so weird as a kid. I sent him an email and I was like, I feel, <laughs> I didn't even tell him to his face. I just sent him an email. I was like, I feel like you're, you know, giving them so much attention when they're not even part of the family. <laughs> um, so there was definitely a part of me where I was like mad and I didn't know how to express it maybe. Um, but between me and God, um, you know, I, I'm not very, like, I don't remember exactly how I felt towards God. Um, but I do remember praying, like, that same night, like, like, if you can, like, bring, bring back my brother. But if not, then, like, I'll try to trust in you anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, which I'm impressed that, that I said even myself at the time. But, yeah, I mean, my parents, when they came back, like, like when we saw my brother's body in the in the the what is it called the morgue? morgue. Like I was the only one that cried. Mm. So like my 
my parents were kind of like stoic about it maybe my sister and brother as well um but i do know like my mom also went through about a depression and like she didn't even like we like we knew it but we didn't label it as depression but she like mentioned it more recently the past couple years yeah um like she was mad she was very sad obviously um my dad is very like my dad is like a, a very great man of faith like he you know it was hard for him obviously like he would cry and stuff like that too but he always like tr you know brought it back to god and the gospel and trusting god but my mom i know she had a really tough time grappling with it yeah um and she would say that she would cry like like and like she couldn't stop and uh and she 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 realized you know i don't know how long later but a few months at least that it was like destroying her and uh so she had to go to god mm. even like so she realized that too and um and so um yeah, I mean, my, my brother and sister obviously handle it uh, differently, too. Like, we, I feel like we didn't really talk that much until afterwards. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like how my family reacted mm -hmm. for, the, for the overview. Do you think that being the youngest, too, and just like growing up, you know, obviously we're very influenced by our family, like older siblings, parents. How did you, did you think that seeing their reaction, like, impacted, like, how your faith developed at that point? Or like, oh, just... Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I, uh, yeah, I definitely... Yeah. I definitely credit it to not just my family because um when my brother passed away in the, for the funeral just like maybe a couple of weeks later like they put a put together a scrapbook about people just like sharing about my brother um and we had this one auntie in my church when she heard the news she was she works for the court so she was at work and she like immediately broke down crying and she summed it up pretty well she 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 wanted to at the beginning when she first heard it she she had to ask like why god like why this young healthy you know joyous man yeah. would have to die at such a young age yeah but then she she brought it she also had to realize like she sits before the throne of god it's like who are you to ask that kind of question um and even even though god will still comfort you like god does things that are like for your good, even though you may not consider it good at that time. Wow. Yeah. So I credit it to a lot of the people around me yeah. to like cool. point me and like let me see how to react to this tragedy as well. Is everyone in your family still like a strong Christian or did this like event like kind of break some people's faith in the long term? So my family, um, mostly all, all Christian on my, on my mom's side. Mm -hmm. um, my, my my dad's side is a little more like nominal Christian, mm -hmm. uh, but for some of my brother's friends and that girl he was seeing, <laughs> she, they they le they left the faith. Um, they they no longer are Christian. Um, hmm. So it, it did break it for some, and, yeah. and for others, I guess it strengthened. Yeah, it's so interesting hearing you talk about this because it almost sounds like for the majority of your family members, it's like you guys felt like there was like no other choice but mm -hmm. to choose God, right? which is just so crazy for me to hear because I like obviously like I'm I feel like so blessed mm -hmm. because like nothing like ever happened to my family. And I don't like honestly don't know how I'd react if it did. But like, I guess I'm so encouraged to hear that like your immediate reaction was like, oh, let me go pray because that's like all I have left. Whereas I yeah. feel so many of us are just like, oh my God, like immediate, like blaming God. Like, how could that happen, et cetera? Like, that's so unfair. And especially for you, you're like 12 years old. It's not like you did anything bad. And then you're, you know, your family, like 
your brother just died out of nowhere but like that's why like i don't know i guess because i am like we have been friends for so many years and i just like see how strong your faith remains it's like it's just like so encouraging to see and i'm like i'm truly baffled david like i don't know how you do <laughs> this it's insane to me yeah i mean there's this one passage in romans um it may be may or may not be overused but it's from romans 5 and it talks about how like when we suffer like we rejoice because we know that it produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and that hope for christians at least it doesn't put us to shame because god you know he gave up his son for us you know like so and not that not only did he give up his son for us but that's like in for christian for non-christians like the son rose back back to life which means that death is defeated um and and so for like for me like yes like there's one quote by tim uh, pastor tim keller which talks about how like you don't realize that god is all you need until god is all you have and i think that quote like really makes sense to me because at the time it just like I mean, obviously, I still have the rest of my family, but like, you lose such a big thing in your life. Yeah. Um, and you know, it it did the character and the hope didn't come like immediately necessarily, but I, I, like like from all the other future or later in life like mm-hmm. experiences that I had with tragedy, it's kind of like prepared me mm-hmm. um, to like not go into crippling depression. Um, which, you know, tra- tra- tragedy can do, um, but it's kind of preparing me to, like, look outside of, you know, this world and, like, my immediate settings, um, which definitely helps me have a more, like, hopeful yeah. uh, outlook in life. What was mm-hmm. an experience, like you, you allude to later in life experience, experiences, um, I guess, what were, like, some other experiences that I guess like yeah challenged your um, view the most yeah yeah like so so, so there's, there's a lot of health things <laughs> so like um, I think freshman or sophomore year my grandpa passed away from cancer as well and then junior or senior year of college my dad had a brain tumor and you know he had to have operate over you know open you know he they yeah. had to you know take it out of his brain so mm-hmm. um, it was like very scary and then uh maybe a couple years later he had a heart you know like open heart surgery which was kind of scary i was in college like you were in college or high school um the open heart surgery might have been like right after college okay at the time i was kind of getting fuzzy Mm -hmm. and then both my grandmas passed away within like a two-year time two and a half year timeline um and i would say even more recently like my mom had a stroke i think november 2020 Mm -hmm. And then my dad had uh, had a case of heart failure, congestive heart failure, oh, uh, like February 2021 or something like that. It was like, these are all like very sudden things. Yeah. You know? um, and so, then your family yeah. had COVID during that time too, like in those yeah, 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 yeah. So my dad had heart failure and then like a month and a half later, my, my parents both got COVID because probably from like the physical therapy location my mom went to mm-hmm. and my sister-in-law who was pregnant with her third kid also contracted COVID. Oh my gosh. um my brother so yeah it was a whole bunch of different experiences but it's not just for like medical stuff um where my you know lives were at stake <laughs> um but like i i you know when i went into physical therapy i didn't get into the program that i wanted or you know like i wanted to get into a program i didn't get to any program 
like right after college. And that for me was a big tragedy Mm -hmm. too. You know, like it was kind of like, you know, I was kind of lost in life and I didn't get in. Um, Can you speak more about that? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, like I went through college and that's where I met many, but um, you know, I, I, I did fair. I wasn't the best student because I was so involved in ministry actually. Not that I'm blaming it, but um, <laughs> but I um, too much and uh, couldn't study enough. <laughs> yeah, I was just worshiping too much and I couldn't study. <laughs> no, um, I really I just wasted my time a lot, honestly. <laughs> um, yes, I think. Yeah, I didn't get in after I graduated, or like you know that senior year where you apply for schools. Mm. So I, I I had to move back home and like find a part-time job as an aide and I was making like 13 bucks as a, you know, I had my bachelor's in science. I had to make 13 bucks an hour. Um, and you know, I was lost and I, you know, I, even the second round of applications that I sent out, like I was getting rejections and, uh, and I was questioning my life, you know, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? I can't be an aide. And then people were like, Oh, you should be a pastor. And I was like, I don't think that's my calling. (laughs) Um, so I, yeah, I was going through another existential crisis yeah. at the ripe old age of twenty-one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, but the, during that time too, like you know, and I I wouldn't say it's because I did this, but like at the time I had to like I had to pray earnestly and like say like God, if I don't get into PT school, like I'm still gonna trust you. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like, and a- again, it's not because I did that, but like shortly after I got accepted into PT school, um, but I think it was me. God like wanted me to lay down like something that I held too dearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, it was kind of like same thing where I, it wasn't, I didn't realize God was all I needed until, Oh, God was all I wanted. Wait, what? God was all I needed until he was the only thing I had. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So those are, those are kind of like a list of tragedies that I've been through in my life. Um, throughout these, I guess, like different experiences, do you have like, I guess, like, what are the things that you hold on to that either are fruit coming out of those experiences or are your personal rainbows that, like, when you're going through a difficult time, you can look back on? Like, what are the, like, what are those things for you? Yeah, I mean, I mean, there are many promises in the Bible, um, and none of them say that you won't suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. one verse in particular, when when I was going through, you know, that PT school yeah. tragedy, um comes from Isaiah 42, verse 16, and it reads, uh, and God is speaking, but it says, I will lead the blind in a way that they do not know, in paths that they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things that I do, and I do not forsake them. So I guess one of the biggest promises that I hold on to is that even though like, I go through or I may go through like hardship in life. Mm-hmm. Um, like God is there, and that's the promise. It's not that you know things will be really easy, or I'll make a lot of money, or you know, I'll have good health and stuff. But it's like I'll go places where I don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm you know it's pitch black essentially. Yeah. But God is there, and if I believe that God is all powerful, all knowing, and all good, then that's like the best comfort that I can know. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. that's you know, kind of the thing I have to hold on to um, because I know that I'm not good and I for sure know that the world is not good. Um, so, 
you know, I got to put my trust in someone that is good. Mm-hmm. So I guess like, I'm just curious, like, was there any time in your life when you've gone through these bad experiences where you were kind of like, God, like I'm hitting my limit here. Like, this is like, like, I get it. Like, you know, bad things can happen and, you know, we still have to trust in you, but like, this is, I can't take it anymore. Like, did you ever have that kind of moment? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say it was like moments of ultimatum, Mm -hmm. you know, where I'd be Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to leave the faith. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think like, there are always those doubts, like, you know, and it's kind of weird um, because like, it's for the smaller things. Mm. It's for like, when Mm. I'm stressed or like, you know, something out of my hand, like control, you know, in a daily basis doesn't go my way, then I'm like, Mm. all right, I'm like fed up. I have to like figure out something else. Um, And I don't pray or I don't like turn to God for it. And the bigger things, like, I think I know there's no controlling it. Like, I can't control if my dad's heart valve is going right. like, to work, you know, any. So, and I can't control, like, yeah. yeah. I see. So, it's for, like, smaller things that, it, it's kind of, like, ironic. Yeah. Like, the smaller things, I kind of lose my trust in God. Because, um, like, we perceive our control but, over the smaller things to be greater, so. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Essentially, yeah. Mm-hmm. Does that answer your question? Yeah, no, it does. I'm just, yeah. Also, it doesn't make because I'm just, I think I'm just like so amazed by like how your family is like so faithful. I, I mean, I love it, but I'm just, I don't know. I, I remember even during that time when your dad had a stroke, your mom had a heart attack, or, or no, your dad had congestive heart failure. And then, yeah, family, my mom had a stroke. Yeah. And, and your mom had a stroke, and then your family was having COVID. And then I just remember you were texting me, like updating me, and then asking me to pray for you. And then, oh, yeah. Yeah. So in this, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but no. in those moments, like, you know, I, you know, when my, when, for example, we were on vacation in Maryland uh, yeah. or DC area um, when my dad had his second, um, like, acute aggravation of heart failure. So we had to bring him to the ER, me and my sister. It was like 3, 4 a.m. And uh, we had to bring him to the hospital. And, I, you know, in those moments, yeah, for sure, it's like, oh my gosh, is God going to take him? Like, is God going to, like, not yeah he's gonna take him away at this time like you know because you have to brace yourself still you have to brace yourself for tragedy and like hardship um and in those moments like oh gosh like is god because he can do god can do whatever he wants right um and in those moments like man like is is he gonna do it like and it's not so much like he's gonna do it again in a regretful way but it's like man like how many more you know tragedies can a person go through do you feel like since like a young age you're kind of like almost conditioned to like you know respond to like tragic things in the most like hopeful and like god-centered way has that like changed your like perspective on life and like overall like expectations of like how life is going to go for you um i'll I'll say yes and no Mm -hmm. i think like uh, obviously this is what i've fallen back onto right this is you know where i lean towards Mm -hmm. Um, but I've looked at other options too, you know, it's, when you face tragedy, you tend to like, look for answers yourself, right? Um, and a lot of times we may see tragedy and be like, oh, like God is like, how can he do this? Like, how can he allow this evil, right? Um, but I I heard one person say like, a lot of times we blame God for all the bad things, but we also like tend to forget all the good things. And also, like, even further than that, we forget that, like, even as bad as it is now, Mm -hmm. 
or like when things bad happen, when bad things happen, it's like not as bad as they could be. And I think like that in itself is like it's very like like a very deep thought. But if you think about like God's general grace, where you know he's he's holding back the forces of evil, even as bad as things are now. Like you see the world, like there's so many wars and like famine and disease. But, like even as bad as things are right now, like he's still not letting evil have its full, you know, force in the world. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so like it's, it's, you know, you, you have to, you know, have to look at it from a different perspective yeah. sometimes too. Um, but I definitely have, like, I have thought about other ways to respond about mm-hmm. it, but each time it just like, doesn't get you anywhere. It kind of just leaves you in this endless cycle of like depression and grief and, and it, it doesn't, it doesn't get you anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when I realize my own limitation kind of thing and, and the limitations of what, you know, the world might be able to provide as yeah. well. Would you say you're generally more of an optimist or a pessimist? Um, I think like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think like to other people, I'm, I may be optimistic, oh. but yeah, especially like with all the stuff that's going on, but like inside in my own life. brain, I feel like I, yeah, I feel like in my own head, I'm like very pessimistic. Like this will definitely go wrong. Like even like, you know, for example, when my dad went to the hospital that one time and when I was on vacation, yeah. You know, the first thought is like, oh, he right. might die. Like, be prepared for the worst case <laughs> um, scenario to happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, I, that's, yeah. Wait, that's so funny, David, because obviously I'm your friend, and I don't think you're an optimist. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think you're a pessimist. comes out. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, yeah. okay. I think you're a pessimist, if I had to, like, answer that question about you. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, like, obviously... I like see the way you react to like, um, you know, these horrible experiences that have happened to your family. And, and I'm like amazed on one hand, but then also like, yeah, it's funny because I think on the day to day, like, you know, just for like stupid stuff, not stupid stuff, but you know, like school work, like all that stuff that everyone goes through. I think that is like how I view you. But I feel like you're like, you know, you're a real person and you like have like, you know, like you're annoyed at things and like whatever X, Y, Z. So I feel like from that standpoint and just who you are as David in the real world <laughs> and not David with like all these like horrible family, like health scares. <laughs> um, yeah, I would still say you're a pessimist. <laughs> you know what? My sister, you know, we, she, um, I feel like she's probably more a pessimist, but she says she's a realist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I feel like now that you mentioned, I feel like I'm also a realist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll play with I'll play with the terminology. I'm a realist as well. <laughs> yeah, you're a realist pessimist, leaning pessimism. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, one spectrum is like optimism, pessimism, and the other is like realism versus like idealism. So, I mean, like, cause life is hard. You know, you yeah. can't like you have to be real about like what's going on, and like things suck. You know, so yeah, yeah and I I feel I also you know I've like kind of been praying this about praying about this myself more recently is like i complain a lot so <laughs> i cl- complain a whole lot did someone um, call that out in you or <laughs> um, where did that self-awareness come from you know <laughs> that's a great question <laughs> I, that's a really great question i think like people have said it in passing mm-hmm. not like as like oh hey you're like complaining too yeah. much but they're like oh man like you're, you're you complain so much you know oh. like it, it's very sarcastic or yeah. whatever it's yeah so, because <laughs> 
I would never say like, I would never say that to your face. Like, oh, David, I think you complain too much. Like, I don't think it's like to that extent. But then it's like, if I think about our, like when we talk and stuff in our friendship through the years, then I would say like, oh yeah, I guess you do complain a lot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm just sharing my hardships yeah, with you. Hardship. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we all complain. It's totally fine. So going back to like, I guess the question is, I'm just curious, like, how would you tell a non-Christian, like, or I mean, I guess, how would you even convince them given like your life history and everything that's happened? Like if they asked you like, okay, so why does God keep letting bad things happen to your family when your family is like so faithful, like, you know, constantly serving the Lord? Like, I guess in their eyes, it's almost like, oh, shouldn't God be like rewarding you for like how you're serving him? But on the flip side, it's more like you're almost like being punished, I guess you could say. Um, so how would you like, yeah, like share that with a non-Christian if they asked you that or what, what would your answer be? That's a great question. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't even know if I know how to answer that. Um, I mean, it would, it would, it would be a breakdown, you know, it wouldn't, I don't know if it would happen all in one conversation. It's honestly, it's never happened with a non-Christian. Um, yet, I mean, in in parts and bits and pieces, um, I think, you know, a lot of people are afraid to ask Mm -hmm. about it. Um, but I think it would have to be a breakdown uh, of conversations where it kind of establishes that ultimately none of us deserve great things in life, right? Um, however, because of like what Christ did for us on the cross, um, like we have hope that even as bad as things get in life now, there will be a redemption. Um, and so not to say like, oh, if you like give up $10, you'll get $1,000 later um, because you're generous and charitable. Um, but it, it's almost something that you can't even imagine. Um, but the promise is, and the promise is sealed um, through Christ's resurrection, um, that whatever you've lost in this life will be redeemed and it'll be even better Um and it's not always tangible in a way where you can kind of like trade off. Um, but that's kind of like a general answer. I'm not sure if that is very complete or helpful to anybody. Um, but it, it ultimately comes down to like, as people, we are not like inherently good. And as tragic as that might be to some people who think that they're good and deserving of good things. Mm-hmm. Um, the promise of hope is only of good things and and hope is only found in Christ. And that doesn't necessarily come on our timeline. So we might say like, oh, I've done this good thing. So I deserve it to have, deserve to have it soon, a good thing in return uh, soon. But the timeline doesn't always come in that way. And and it's, it's kind of like outlined throughout the Bible, right? There, every person in the Bible is riddled with hardship. (laughs) None of them have an easy life. But in the end, like God redeems and he saves and he's with you. And that's ultimately what I hold on to. Um, And so for a non-Christian, that's, you know, you kind of have to point them outside of this world, you know, um, as hard as that might be. But I can't really, if they're not willing to do that, it's like hard to like, it's hard for it to make sense. Is is there like, um, do you have like a a layman's non-Christianese answer for someone who doesn't understand like, the Bible. I'm just like curious, like how would you just like put it out there to someone who like literally doesn't read the Bible at all? Okay, I think it would have. Okay, <laughs> let me think about this. Um, I think first I would try to establish the fact that every person has done something bad, 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me in my faith, what I believe is that because of that, God in his perfect justice has to punish evil, right? Um, and so although God has perfect justice, he also has perfect love and mercy. Um, so he doesn't want to punish man. And so therefore he provides an answer of this predicament where he has to punish sin, but wants to have mercy as well. And so the answer to that is Christ. And Christ was a perfect sacrifice so that, you know, God's wrath would be satisfied when he died. Um, and he would, he would kind of like save a spot for us in heaven uh, if we were to put our faith in him. I don't know. Is that is that to Christian knees? I don't even know. I mean, it's the gospel. You can't like it's Christian. <laughs> <It's really> Christian. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. That was no, super Christian knees. Like, there's yeah. no way. You know, like I feel like I understand where your question's coming from, Minnie. But at the same time, like the an- like the answer is what it is. No, no, like, no I know. It's who it's have that really... set of beliefs. It's not going to make sense to them, and they're not going to relate to it. It's kind of like, I feel like for someone who doesn't have those like specific beliefs for them, it might just like their relatable experience or mindset might be like, oh, like everything happens for a reason, you know, like, (laughs) I just feel like when things happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you either know, because yeah, when you're explaining it, I'm like, okay, so it's it's just the gospel, gospel, which is like, that's that's what and I mean, that's like why we all believe. And there's like a reason why we believe. but yeah, I guess I was curious if there was like an explanation for like a non-Christian who doesn't believe at all. But I guess the whole point is like if you don't believe, yeah, then obviously inherently you understand these things anyways. So yeah, and I think what Teresa. Yeah, I think what. Yeah, sorry. What you say, Teresa? Like, um, like you wouldn't see it from that perspective then. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like for a non-Christian, like you would have to resort to that kind of like mindset what Teresa said before like oh yeah things happen for a reason like something good will come your way like, right. later and like they kind of like throw karma yeah. or like you know yeah. stuff like that but in that that in itself is also a different kind of faith yeah. you know they they're they're kind of just like assuming something good will happen later and and it may you know like some people like find their husband after their their dad dies or something like that you know um, I think inherently as people um, when bad things happen I think we do like tend to want to justify it right or like see the good the silver lining in any negative situation so whether you're like rooted in faith and that you know and that's your perspective or it's something else like i think as yeah and i and i think like a large reason why like more and more people are recommending therapy and stuff like that is because people either Mm -hmm. bury it or they'll if if they don't go the optimistic route they'll, they'll either bury it or you know go into this kind of like depressed you know yeah. outlook of life that makes sense because I, I think people are finding like a right. reason for like why this yeah. is happening and mm-hmm. that it like you know like it could eat you alive mm-hmm. like why is right. this happening I think yeah yeah christians it's like the answer it like yeah like you said david it's like going back to god is like almost the only hope and we have and that's like we why we always choose to go back um but yeah, I guess at the core of it, it's like if you're not a Christian, the first step is to share the gospel because otherwise it wouldn't make sense to right. you regardless. Yeah. And, you know, it's not always the same for every Christian, yeah. right? So, like, yeah. like, just like in my own family, like between me and my mom, you know, and my, you know, whoever else in my family, like some people are just like that quick. And my mom, you know, it, it took months, maybe over a year 
you know, for her to kind of like go back to God and she had to deal with her depression yeah. first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's different, you know, everybody experiences grief mm-hmm. differently. But I think at the, in the end, it's like there is no hope elsewhere. Um, so yeah, it, it ends up back on God. Mm-hmm. Do you ever, yeah. I guess, it just seems to me that like when you have to go through something so difficult like that every decade or more, more than once every decade. <laughs> every other year yeah you can't help but like be reminded of like your intrinsic like purpose here and like your faith and all of that so do you ever look at like the people around you and i guess like yeah how does that shape the way that you see like all of your peers and friends like do you find it hard to like relate to people is it hard for you to have like empathy for like other people kind of going through you know, like, quote unquote. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, it, it's it's very hard. Uh, I, I think it, it doesn't it, it doesn't necessarily make it any easier. Yeah. You know, because everyone's situation is different. There are some. You know, there was a, a big period of time. Well, maybe not that big, but there was a period of time where you know somebody like might have lost. You know, some or you know something. You know, not to the point of like dying. You know, have has has gone through like you know, a breakup or something. And I'm just kind of like, dude, that's like, that's the worst thing that you can go through. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think I've, I've come to a place where I, you know, I, tr- you know, I try my best to empathize because, you know, if I'm, if I'm like, uh, so critical or like judgmental, uh, about, or comparative, even if, it, even right. if I'm comparative, like it doesn't help the situation, you know? Um, but there was a point in time where I was like, oh, you, you lost a pet? Like, why are you crying? You know, like, you know. <laughs> but now my, do- now my dog is old and I'm, like, scared to lose my dog. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like these things have made it easier to relate to a lot of people, especially working in physical therapy. You know, people's lives are, you know, everybody's had has their own tragedies yeah. to some degree. Um, and so I remember when I was doing my rotation in Texas, there was a lady and she had lymphedema. And so she came in for physical therapy and she, she started crying. Cause I was like, is there, you know, there's like any psychosocial things going in your life. And you know, her son just passed away. And I was like, Oh, like, yeah, I, I can understand that my brother passed mm-hmm. away, like, you yeah. know, at a young age. So it, it, it does open a lot of doors yeah. in that sense, but it, it's tough. One of the things I'm still struggling with um, is like when somebody loses a non-Christian family mm. member. Uh, that's that's where it gets really tough. Like, how can I, you know, bear God's good news in this right. situation where the hope is kind of like not mm. there almost. Um, that's, that's, that's for another topic. But overall, it has helped me become more yeah. empathetic and, and share in other people's burdens mm. as well. Dang, David. I have no, I have no words. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, yeah, and I, I take it, I mean, I laugh about it a lot. My parents, they, 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 so my oldest brother is the one that passed yeah. away. So, and this is, this is not to like minimize my, this tragedy or whatever, but they, 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 for some reason, their memory of him is the best, maybe because he's their mm-hmm. first child or whatever. But um, they'll always like, oh, do you remember, you know, when Joseph started talking or when Joseph started walking? And then we'll be like, me and my sibling, it's just a joke between us, like, uh, he's dead. <laughs> as heartless as that sounds, but yeah. it's like, like it's just a running joke. <laughs> yeah. 
but yeah, at this point in life, it's like, you know, it's, it's in the past and there's hope that we'll see him again. Um, so we can kind of joke about it. It's, it's not as heavy as a topic that as it yeah. could be, or right. it should be, you know? Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm just... <laughs> um, any other questions, Teresa? <laughs> I was going to ask in general. Okay. Cause yeah, you just, you've lived a lot of lives already. I feel like you've had a lot of life experience. <laughs> You're like not even old. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I'm like, I guess also like kind of speechless and just like, yeah like have a lot of respect and just it's like super encouraging even for my own faith right now to be like hearing your testimony and to like hear the fact that you know you still believe in god and like in his goodness um unconditionally despite like everything that you've been through so i'm just yeah i'm curious like what are your main frustrations with like our generation i guess of like believers (laughs) um and like i don't know it's, it's almost like you're like the representation i feel like of like what i don't know like a true christian should be and like a, like what a true christian at our age in terms oh, of gosh. like just having that like like such clear perspective like black and white because i feel like i don't know like i think there has to be like parts of our faith that are like as black and white and simple as you know the perspective that you've taken yeah i think that we can just oh. like, what a what a tough question, Teresa. This is this is yeah, a whole I know, new topic. Was like on no, page. I mean, no, no. I think it it it's it's relatable. Um, I mean, Wait, first of all, I just had, yeah. Real quick, before you say something, I just want to preface this to the audience that like, literally, David is the kind of friend that when he was texting me that like you know all his family is basically in the hospital nonstop in the span of like three months. I was <laughs> the one that was like, "Are you okay?" and like. I was the one that was like, oh my God, I feel so bad for you. Like, I wish I could like somehow take some of the burden that your family is consistently like having. And then David is the one that's like, oh no, it's fine. It's all good. Like not a big deal kind of thing. And I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, it's so crazy. Okay. Well, let me just, let me also put another preface before that is to say that I am not some sort of like good Christian like, I have tons of flaws that I won't, you know, I don't want to <laughs> dive into on this podcast. But, you know, I'm like, it's it's not my, it's not my faith. It, it's something that God has mm-hmm. given me. And, it, you know, like, because I, I kind of like think about this too. It's like, if I didn't have God, like, I'd probably be the worst person mm-hmm. to like be around mm-hmm. in general. Um, and it. Another thing that <laughs> Pastor Tim Keller mentioned, it's like, it's not amount, the amount of faith mm-hmm. that you have, but the object of your faith. Um, and that really holds true because, like, um, my faith wavers on a daily basis, you know? Like, I th- go through seasons of, you know, falling away and, like, living my own life without God nearly present. Um, but I think, like, because the object of my faith mm. is Christ, like it's it's hard to turn away from that. Um, but to answer Teresa's question, I think a lot of times, you know, and I think like these days, it seems like a lot of people are leaving the church in this 20 to 30, 40 year old age range um, because we're very judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even, you know, and, and a lot of times we don't, we don't show grace to people that we mm-hmm. judge, right? So, People that grow up in the church, like you and I, like 
I, I can find a thousand things wrong with my church, if not millions. Um, but one of the things I'm trying to be like better at, and it's a struggle, honestly, uh, is to like be more gracious to people that are not good. Um, and the church is full of bad people. Um, but I think like for, for us that grew up in the church, it's hard to like, we're so close and intimate with that misery <laughs> <laughs> of like hypocrites. We know hypocrites so well. Um, and so we don't, we don't show grace. And I, and it's not even within a, a church circle thing. I think like generally in the world, like people are just yeah. so quick to like, you know, you're fired from my life yeah. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Um, cutting people. <laughs> so yeah. 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 And you know, it's, it's hard not to, it, it seems like the easy yeah. thing to do. That's true. That is kind of happening. Yeah. That sort of like cutting people, cutting things out that don't serve you sort of like culture. <laughs> That's kind of like been a thing yeah, on yeah. top of the fact that I do think as Christians, like we are most like most critical of other Christians and and churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Just... Yeah, yeah. Wait, sorry, I like don't even remember what Teresa's question was. What was your know... question? <laughs> yeah, like, like what? Yeah. Like, from David's perspective, like what his main frustration was with like our generation of believers and like what we lack. Because I just oh. feel like I mean, I okay, okay. I don't know if I'm gonna. We should let this <laughs> air, but. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm just Thank like, pretty, like dis- <laughs> dis- not disappointed. But, oh my god, here I am being so judgmental. I'm the problem. I just, yeah, I just feel like, no, and especially like 20, 30, 40 year old range, and also just like post pandemic, too. I'm just like, where's all the Christians at? Like, what does Christianity even mean for anyone anymore? I'm just, you know, like, I'm like, huh, what is, what is everything? So. I just and because like David, like you have just such a clear, like pure, simple perspective, which I think is like, tr- like truth. Yeah, I was just curious to hear like your perspective on, like other people. Sorry. Yeah, and I, I mean, the the problem, you know, is that the church is not yeah. perfect yet. You know, um, like God is still yeah. making us perfect or perfecting us yeah. in a sense. But you know, a lot of the church hurts a lot of people. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily always take ownership of that or recognize it even. And so in response, a lot of times we, you know, our generation tends to like say, hey, like, why are you like doing the opposite thing of what you're expected to do? And so it's just the cycle of endless Mm -hmm. judgment. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I like how you said, like, it's not perfect yet because God's perfecting us, but like it will be perfect in heaven. So yeah, I think that is kind of a reminder mm-hmm. of, like, why, like, I think we just, like, have too high expectations of church sometimes, or it can be easy to, and, like, going back yeah. to what you said, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, the object of our faith, and, like, you know, like, we go to church, but, like, the object of our faith should be, like, God and Christ, who is perfect, and not, like, church, so mm-hmm. it's just, like, I think helpful, like, yeah. even, like, me now like asking myself those questions of like how how am i really viewing church and is that like the correct way yeah yeah, yeah. and and not that there's there's tons of bad churches yeah, that is also but... true. <laughs> <laughs> that's also yeah. another topic for another yeah, day don't just go to any church <laughs> well i mean okay, we'll retract no. that. let's not post that. we're not promoting that <laughs> oh gosh all right. Does anyone have any final thoughts on this whole tar- topic before we wrap up? David, what are your final concluding thoughts for us or for anyone listening? Oh gosh, what are you going to leave oh, us gosh. with, the audience? All in all, um, bad things do happen, um, mm-hmm. and that's because there's sin in the world. 
there's only one hope found in God um, who promises to be with you if you put your trust in him. Um, and if you look around in the world, there's really no other better mm-hmm. option, no more sure promise. Um, mm-hmm. Because you're going to face suffering regardless of whether or not you believe in God. And if you want to get through it, the best person to do it with is yeah. Christ alone. Mm. Wow. Thank Thanks. you. All right. Thanks, David, right. for coming on here. Thanks for being um, vulnerable. Thank you for being my friend. <laughs> Literally. And also, I feel like, yeah, you're like my only friend throughout the years that like consistently when I meet up with you, you're always asking me how my spiritual life is doing. Like how my spiritual life is doing. <laughs> Literally. oh gosh Minnie, you need better <laughs> friends no i'm just kidding <laughs> no, no I, yeah this. <laughs> um no but i mean i think it's just a testament of like how much you care about that for all your friends and you're also the guy that like literally prayed for like 20 people at a time in college after mass texting everyone how's your spiritual life and then praying. <laughs> so oh, gosh. Uh, literally no one does that <laughs> You're already like a pastor in practice. (laughs) Literally. Nah, this is how every normal Christian, I hope, you know, we can all aspire to this on a normal daily basis. Shouldn't be reserved for a pastor, you know? That is true, but uh, so far has not been that way. (laughs) True. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on the podcast. This is this is kind of like a fun, especially it's Teresa and I don't really know each other. What a what a um, deep first conversation ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's honestly, the only way I do DMCs for life. So. Love it. <laughs> Wait, yo, me too. Yo, me too. David loves that stuff, man. He coined that phrase. <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this episode. As always, Teresa and I are looking for new topics to discuss on the podcast. So if there's anything specific you want to hear about during season two, let us know on our Instagram. Our handle is relatively Asian. We'll talk to you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye.